This episode has been sponsored by MapHook. Hello and welcome to The Gray Area, where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray and this is the 28th episode in a weekly series called Summer Mashup. Last week's episode was a discussion with Manvir Hare, senior designer from Bioware, about his development in gaming and personally. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Saturday, July 30th, and today I speak about games I'm playing, movies, and Star Wars The Old Republic. Before we get started, let's do News of the Week. News of the Week. There's a website out there that has all the old Apple games like Black Cauldron, King's Quest, Zork, Mario Brothers, and all the original games that I really liked as a kid. You can download and play. It's called virtualapple.org and it is super fun, so visit it and play your classic favorites that you might be missing. Gary Gygax, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. No, that's exactly right. It is? Okay. G-Y-G-A-X. Yep. is the grandfather of gaming, uh, who's known for co-creating Dungeons and Dragons with Dave Arneson. He's written over a million words and replies on the N-World Q&A board over his lifetime, answering questions for fans about the game, and he's passed away at age 69. There will be a memorial being created in his name that fans can contribute to and help build. You will see fundraising for this at Gen Con next week in Indiana if you're going, or you can go to his website and read more about that at GygaxMemorialFund.com. The Dragon Age 2 DLC Legacy from EA Games has been released this week, although not on Steam, which is always annoying to me. You have, yeah. to, go, <laughs> you have to go right to EA Games to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. It's a good five hours of play, so expect a good story, but it's not something that's going to take you very long to complete. Warhammer 40,000 Kill Teams is released today for PS3 and has a rating of 7.5, and Torchlight 2 is coming out for PC tomorrow as well, which is kind of weird because uh, it was supposed to be released kind of in July at some point, and they're waiting till the very last day in July on a Sunday, <laughs> Yeah, which is very odd, so I don't know why, but that's what's on the list. Something totally unrelated, the Guild Season 5 Episode 1 is out this week, um, which is also very good if you follow that. And now let's introduce Dave from the podcast Geek Bits. Welcome hey. to the show again. Thanks. What's happening? <laughs> uh, you know, playing. playing same stuff. old, same old. That's right. <laughs> so what's your news of the week? I know you've been uh, a busy guy. Work. Work. <laughs> that's, that's my news now. Um, we had... Uh, Raven Gregory, who is uh, executive editor for um, Zenoscope Entertainment, mm-hmm. on uh, with us this week. He was phenomenal. I mean, he he is the guy that got me hooked on comics, and that was last year. I mean, I'm 38 years old, never really got into comics at all, and when I was over in Dayton with Dan, he took me into a comic book store, and I I saw this the Return to Wonderland caught my eye. And just do the artwork, and I started reading some of the story, and I'm like, okay, I'm buying this. Uh-huh. So I bought that, and I've pretty much gotten everything that they've released, minus Charmed and <laughs> stuff like that, um, in the past year. And I read the read the stuff religiously. He does. Uh, he he actually initially uh, uh, released uh, his first one was The Gift, which uh, I had read the uh, first couple issues of that, which are really good. Um, the Waking, which is amazing. Fly, which is one that he just did. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of loosely based on, uh, his life story. Uh, it's, Fly is about, Fly is actually, uh, like a specialized drug mm. that people get special powers from and essentially learn how to fly. And, he, he he's kind of loosely based it on his addiction to uh, meth. He got addicted to meth about six years ago, and um, got uh, he's he's off off of it and everything straightened up and everything. But he he just kind of wrote this story 
based loosely based on that, and it's it's really good. The second issue actually came out um, Wednesday, mm. so I haven't actually gotten it yet. But um, so yeah, he's he was he was a really really great guy to have on the show. Really awesome dude. Um, and other than that, I haven't done. <laughs> I haven't done anything. I mean, I, I've been, I've been, I, I actually got, uh, got an account on Spotify, and um, yeah, Spotify I started, is great. Yeah, I started playing with that, and almost instantly uh, signed up for the premium subscription. Oh, really? Nine, which is nine dollars a month. Yeah, because I can set up a playlist on it of the stuff that they have on their servers mm-hmm. that I want to listen to. I set up a playlist, and I can actually sync it to my iPhone, so I can listen to it offline. Uh, well, explain to listeners what Spotify is in case they're not up on that. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% exactly sure how long this has been out. I know it's been out for a couple of years overseas. And then I think it was like... It's only a couple, a couple weeks, weeks, I think. Ago. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks here in the United States that it actually came out. And essentially, you can if you get an account, which if anybody wants an account, I actually have invites. Just shoot me or Genesee a message and we'll be able to hook you up. Um, the, uh, but you can actually search for, for albums or artists that you like to listen to. And I would say probably a good 80% of the time, the stuff is there. Um, I have a lot of obscure people too. I mean, it's not just your top 40 artists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of classic music, um, or classical, I should say, um, country rap, all that stuff is in there. Um, but like, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed and I'm sure it's probably licensing issues, but they don't have anything like Pink Floyd. Um, they don't have any Metallica. They don't have any ACDC. Yeah, or um, Rihanna. Yeah. I mean, your real, real heavy hitters aren't really on there. I mean, you might find like Pink Floyd, there was one live album, um, but actual, uh, no actual like Pink Floyd, the wall or anything like that. You won't find okay. out. So, Although um, they have like the entire Beastie Boys collection, so I mean, some of them, some of them yeah. do, and some of them they don't. It's a sort of odd hit and miss. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, like Van Halen, you can do a search for Van Halen, and a whole bunch of their stuffs on there. Um, so uh, Def Leppard is another one that's not on there. Hmm. Uh, um, so yeah, it's 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 really cool. I mean, it's I'm sure, like I said, it has, I'm sure it has a lot to do with the licensing issues. Yeah, they and, said they're uh, always adding people, which is nice. Yeah, and I kind of yeah. look at it like, if you like Pandora, I kind of look at it like Pandora, except for you can actually choose not just the artist or songs that sound similar to the artist. You can choose specific songs. And Exactly. What yeah. I like is that you can make a playlist that you can share with your friends and build like a mutual playlist, which we haven't done and we should. Yeah, well, like I've got uh, a couple of my friends, including you, on, on my list. And I'm sure you can probably see me too. Yes. Um, but what it does is when you set it up, you link it to your folder, your music folder, and it'll show all the music that you have. And like my friend Dave, who's got a huge list on his, um, you click on it and you'll click on a certain album and they're in the the stuff's grayed out. And that's because they don't actually have the songs on their server. Um but it still shows up. Yeah, like the Beatles. Um, he's got a whole bunch of Beatles stuff in his uh, in his collection, but it's all grayed out. Because that's from his iTunes or from his own information. That is music. his own. That is his own list. Ah. It shows it shows you his his collection, but if it's not on their server, it grays it out. Okay, so you can yep. upload. I have not uploaded my MP3s to it yet, but I, I thought you could. Oh yeah, I haven't tried that yet, but. Okay. Well, see, I have all my playlists set to private. It, it automatically sets them to public unless you change it. Uh-huh. And I have one just listed for public that I want people to see because, you know, I don't want people to see my guilty pleasure songs. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. are, you know, Kesha or whatever, whatever yeah. is embarrassing. But I've looked through yours. It's like, it's like an 80s hairband trip. <laughs> journey you know like how how many yeah there's a lot of journey on there too yeah Yeah, sticks journey uh lots of stuff like that so yeah i'm listening like i was listening to toto earlier so okay there you go but i think we should make a public playlist that we all throw songs that we like in yeah it'd be kind of a neat mashup to see what happens when we have you know people like opie with his you know metal and then (laughs) then we have toto (laughs) clashing heads that'd be kind of fun yep um 
I've been playing Dragon Age 2, as I, as I said, the DLC Legacy, uh-huh. which is really fun, especially if you like that series, uh, Dragon Age 1 and Dragon Age 2. Do you yeah. want to play those? I played Dragon Age 1. I have not played Dragon Age 2 yet, mainly okay. just due to uh, insufficient time. Yeah, it, it does take a while, and there are several other DLCs, so it can go on for quite a long time. Um, the main plot of this one is about you as Hawk. Your assets, your goods and caravans and things are being attacked by the Carta, and you're out to discover why this is happening and kind of search out the killers of, of, of your men. This leads you to unknown territory, and you take your sister Bethany along, so she finally rejoins you from the Chantry, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And you can pick whatever party members you choose. Uh, spoiler here, so don't listen to this section, this next section if you don't want to, if you haven't played it yet and you're going to. Uh, there's a lot of dark spawn, and you'll have to make a choice between the wardens who practice blood magic and kind of dark spawn influence madmen to either kill or free this super big dark spawn called Corpheus. Okay, spoilers over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really fun play, um, and you get a whole new armor set called Warden Scout Armor, which I think makes it worth it. Yeah. And this was different from the usual Dragon Age or Dragon Age 2 in the sense that um, I think Dragon Age kind of taught you that you have a party very similar to like a D&D party where you have a tank and, you know, mages and healers and, and ranged and melee. And you have to pause combat and tell each individual person in your party what to do in a given situation. And if you don't strategize among your party, you're going to get killed because it's, it's kind of hard. Uh-huh. But this one was different in the sense that the bosses required strategy and it wasn't just like a muscle thing, because I kind of muscled my way through Dragon Age 2, I have to say. Um, we all just kind of attacked the same target and just muscled them down. But this one was different because there are, there are a lot of traps in this one where you pull levers and different things happen. And a lot of the bosses are so overpowered that if you just take them head on, you can't kill them. So you have to figure out, okay, here's a trap on the floor. Where do I have my tank stand so that he's going to fall in the trap? You know, who's going to pull the lever? Stuff like that. So it was a little bit more intensive, I'd say. Sure. Actually took a little bit more strategy. It definitely did. And there were puzzle games in this, too, that were kind of hard. So it was more of a thinking game than just your usual barbarian kind of running through the the maze and, and dungeon thing. But uh, I, I died several times in it, so definitely save your game a lot. But it was a good game. It's about five hours long, so I wish it was longer than that, but I hear there's another one coming out at the end of the year. Yeah, that's I've, I've heard that too. Um, an exact date, I'm not 100% sure when, but... Yeah, they're being I, vague. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they're probably like, uh, we're not going to give an exact date on this. <laughs> kind of like Star Wars, The Old Republic, you know, it's like, We'll just say December 31st. You know, it's New Year's Eve, but who cares? That's right. I, I actually have um, someone on after you who's going to talk about Star Wars The Old Republic and give us a little bit of information, but but they are being deliberately vague. I know the beta starts in September, so yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that, although I don't know the exact date for the beta even. They're, they're yeah. being vague about that, too. So yep. that's all for games for me, except Risen, which I could play forever. Otherwise, I've pretty much just been watching a lot of movies on Netflix. Um, yeah. I saw the entire season of Camelot, which I don't know if you've ever seen. Was that any good? It was really good. Nice. I need to check. I've I've been thinking about checking. Well, again, no time, but um, I've been thinking about checking that out because that looks really good. Um, I saw that they have uh, the tutors just came up. uh, (laughs) I just yes, I'm like episode ten in there, and that is really good too. Nice. If you like medieval kind of stuff. Oh yeah. The outfits, just the cinematography. I mean. Right now, I'm kind of gearing up for the Renaissance Fair, which starts in two weeks. So, uh-huh. so I'm watching all these kind of, you know, castle-esque movie series and kind of trying to get inspired for different outfits that I'm making and things. And nice. Just the, just the, the wardrobe for both of these is really amazing. I mean, you could just sit there and turn the sound off and just watch them walk around because it's just really the yeah. colors are amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. Yeah, I mean, it's just the. I mean, I would. I was talking when I was talking to my friend Chris about this, who works for Fox. I was talking. I said, "Man, I would love to be on the set of something like that, just to watch, mm. just to see this, you know." Because I mean, that is. It's just. I mean, sure, you got all the cameras and you got all the editing and you got all that stuff that makes the show. But I still think it would just be cool as hell to sit there and just watch all this stuff. It would like you'd be like there. You know, yes. I mean, sitting there going, okay, I'm back in medieval times. This is just awesome. 
Well, you get the sense that some some stuff is just like a set, and if you walk five feet to the right or the left, you're going to see It's a wall. It's a wall, yeah. yeah. But I don't think that's the way this is in these, because they're filmed in Canada, I believe. At least I know that I think um, yeah, Camelot most of them is. Are. Yeah. Yes. And it looks like, you know, you're in Wales. I mean, it's open, it's huge, there's forests, there's really big you know, terrain everywhere. There's old buildings that are crumbling. You know, they didn't just build yeah. that. I mean, they're yeah, finding, right. they're finding this stuff and, and just kind of using it as part of their props. So that's neat. So anything that you're watching or you'd like to talk about? Um, Alpha's started. <laughs> oh, uh, I have not I, seen it yet. I, I've, I've seen two episodes of that. Um, it's, it's, it's really good again. Um, just due to time constraints. I, uh, I haven't been watching a heck of a lot. Um, I'm still waiting to watch Game of Thrones, which I know I'm like the last person. You know, oh, you haven't seen that in, yet? No, I am oh, yeah. the last person on Earth who has not seen that yet, and I still yeah. need to watch Game of Thrones. That's yeah, that's really really good. I haven't seen. I haven't started the uh, new episode or the new season of uh, True Blood yet either. Ah, uh-huh. well, uh, I'm so far behind on that as well. I mean, darn you, HBO and Showtime. I know, right? <laughs> I like, come to. on putting all this awesome stuff on and, and us not having any time, it's kind of difficult to watch. Yeah. Well, I was very upset that the Camelot is not going to have season two. They've discontinued it. Already? Already. So you can I, watch it, and they ended I, it on a cliffhanger, I have to say, and, and you're never uh, going to know what happens. Never. That sounds like uh, sounds like Carnival. Oh, so yeah. Or Dark Shadows, because I really yeah. liked that old Dark Shadows. Not not the original 60s one, but the one in the 80s that had Ben Cross. I really liked Dark Shadows. And they ended that, that as well, where it just got canceled and you never really knew what happened. And I'm actually glad to hear that they're going to have Tim Burton do Dark Shadows, the movie. Nice. And uh, Johnny Depp's going to be... Uh, the vampire, what's his name now? Ben Cross's character, Barnabas Collins. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other really famous people that are going to be in that film. So at least for me, that's going to come back and possibly I'll get a conclusion that makes me feel satisfied. But but not for Camelot. You're going to be left hanging. So watch it yeah. on Netflix and then just sigh with me. Yeah. Well, that's like, I don't know if you've ever watched NBC, the TV show Chuck. Um, uh, for it, it came out. It's, it's on season five. This is season five. Um, and... For the past three years or two years, it was they didn't know if they were going to have it, and the fans just went nuts and started. I mean, this last season, um, the fans, the way they they got the attention of NBC wasn't via NBC; it was via the advertisers because they knew going to NBC wasn't going to work. So they're like, "Okay, fine, we'll go to the advertisers." So what they did was all the fans started tweeting. During the show, all the advertisers saying, hey, we just saw your advertisement for blah, blah, blah on Chuck. And we just saw your advertisement <laughs> for blah, blah, blah on this. And, you know, and, and okay. through the whole episode and stuff like that. And the advertisers were like, holy crap, people are watching this, you know. Because it, it's all gone back to this whole Nielsen rating thing. You know how yes. it's like people. And, and it's the biggest scam ever. I mean, because, like, my grandparents would get this thing. They don't watch TV. You know, they watch Lawrence Welk. You know, ooh, Lawrence Welk is awesome. I'm going to watch that on Channel 12, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so there are, people are sitting around going, man, Lawrence Welk is getting some ratings. You know, it's like, no, they're not. Randomly sampled people. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, come on. And, and like ours, they sent us thing in the mail, and Bev thought it was trash and threw it in the garbage. Um. And so it's like. It's it's a biggest scam, and there's no reason why they they should follow this because there are so many other ways that they could be like asking people what they watch other than sending a form back in the mail, and <laughs> it just I it just irritates me to no end. Yeah, people aren't gonna do that. They don't no. fill out forms. Nope, especially like kids and like people nowadays. I mean, back in the day, I mean, people would sit around not doing anything, didn't have a computer or no internet or something, <laughs> sitting around at home at night, you know, going, uh, okay, I might, <laughs> I might fill this form out. You know? <laughs> I like all these people, like kids, like people my age and stuff that wouldn't write anything down on a piece of paper, let alone <laughs> fill out some form. You know, it's like I hate doing my taxes for that reason. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I'm sorry I went on a huge... No, that's break. funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we're not really on the gaming track, but I, I figured I'd share that stuff. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we uh, move on to the next segment? Because I'm uh, pretty much out of ideas. Um, just the... I, I'm excited for for 
to have the older public to come out. Um, waiting to see what happens with that. Uh, I've been playing when I have had time to play anything. Uh, just gone back to the old reliable Left 4 Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still play a lot of that. And uh, followed the big Steam sale that they had back in the beginning of the month for the for the summer sale that they had. And I bought some stuff there, and I mean that's that's pretty much it. I need I really need to get back into Rift and WoW. I haven't logged into those either of those for probably a good month and a half. So ah uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, World of Warcraft a little bit later as well. Um, the Firelands expansion, which. And I was grinding for Firelands Rep, and I, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm questing yet, although Tinzian has moved beyond that. So he's going to share with us a little more about the Firelands. And you know I've kind of abandoned Rift, so you're left alone. Yeah. You're left alone with Rift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my a couple of guys at work still play it religiously and stuff. They've gotten away from WoW and, and, and like it. They like it a lot better than, than WoW, so, I mean, they're still on it. And I, and I log in and play with them every so often, but like I said, just due to work and and how stuff, it's just been like, I just have zero time. Yeah. Well, it's okay. We'll have you back on eventually, especially when uh, Star Wars The Old Republic starts in another uh, month or two. Although, by the time it does start for the beta, we'll have been to Dragon Con. Yes, definitely. Yep. So see. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And then uh, in a couple weeks, I've got, uh, I'm actually going to uh, the Chicago, well, it's Wizard World now, but it's the Chicago Comic Con up in Rosemont. So... I'm mm. off that I uh, I ordered uh, the uh, Bruce Campbell VIP package, which uh, it uh, <laughs> it includes nice. uh, two autographs, a photo op. Um, you get a special badge with Bruce Campbell's uh, it's Bruce Campbell badge. Um, you don't have to wait in any lines. You got the VIP, just go straight in. Um, there's a couple other things. Oh, well, uh, Bruce Campbell lithograph and and some other stuff. And uh, there's a lot of really really cool people going to be up there. They got a bunch of, they, they, I think they got like four or five people from the walking dead. Um, uh-huh. have you seen that? I have not seen it. Tinzian's a big fan, but Dude, I have not seen it. Um, they got a bunch of people from that. They've got, uh, six of the actors from the original evil dead movie, which is like Bruce Campbell's first one of yes. Bruce Campbell's movies. All uh, the six actors, six actors from that, show are going to be there and then they're doing a big photo op with with all six of those people and you get autographs and all this stuff and i'm going to try to get in on that because i'm a huge evil dead fan and um they've I got like Bruce Campbell. Uh, yeah uh, anthony michael hall is going to be there um some uh you got uh, christopher lloyd from back to the future mm-hmm. um you got uh oh man i could go through the list it's 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 huge it's way bigger than uh C2E2, which is kind of shocking because uh, there was a lot of people at that. But, I mean, this has really got some people showing up there. So Well, good. We'll send you out. You'll be like our, our vanguard for cons. You can, yeah. you can do all of it, and then you'll let us know what we should and shouldn't do at Dragon Con. You can write the how to con. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what they were asking. Well, and I, I, I'm pretty much prepping myself for uh, for next year because I'm, I'm really trying to get uh, – to get the whole C- uh, San Diego Comic Con thing going, um, we've got uh, I've I've already got my room booked. Granted, it's like four miles north of, of where the convention center is, but um, I got that. And my next big hurdle is trying to get tickets because from talking to well, talking to Raven and talking to Chris and and a couple other people that have actually gone, they said getting tickets is like winning the lotto. Mm. They said they. They have 120-some thousand tickets. I think uh, Chris said they had a pre-sale on uh, uh, some limited pre-sale for people that had tickets this year for tickets for next year. And he said they sold out in 28 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Um, So what will you do? What if you don't get a ticket? You just cancel your hotel? I just Yeah, I just bail on the hotel, yeah. And I'll probably end up going to Las Vegas or something. (laughs) Always a plan when things don't work out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll figure something out. But... Yeah, so I'm really, really hoping I can get in on that. Um, one of my other friends said he's going to go. He's going to try to get a ticket too at the same time, or if I can buy ticket, uh, if if it allows you to buy more than one, I'll try to buy two at once. But okay, uh, yeah. So, hey, thank you to Dave from Geekbits. You can find him on Twitter at Dave Wit or online at Geekbits, G E E K B I T S dot net, and visit him there. Thank you very much for having me on. 
The secret word for the day is Ireland, and I will be asking for that later on on Twitter. So for those listening, they can hear the word Ireland and uh, get a special prize later. And now I'd like to introduce Josh, who's going to explain to us a little bit about the upcoming game, Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, Josh, as you know, I'm a big fan of Bioware, so I'm excited that they're involved in this project. But being kind of a diehard World of Warcraft fan and uh, not really excited about starting over in a new MMO, I'm not sure that I really want to play this game necessarily. I've already pre-purchased the collector's edition and I have a beta key for next month, so I'll be trying it out in the beta for sure, but I'm not as excited about it as some of the more, I guess, um, Star Wars fans for life. I mean, I like Star Wars as much as the next person, but the fact that it's created in the Star Wars universe doesn't necessarily make me like giddy and excited, <laughs> per se. So, <laughs> so uh, give us a little background on on what this is about and convince me that I want to play this game. <laughs> Why do I want to okay. play it? Well, before I get into that, I, I do have to agree with you on feeling a little disenchanted after uh, you know, getting into World of Warcraft. I'm also a World of Warcraft fan. As you know, I played for over four years and <clears throat> after putting it down, after four years, I can kind of understand your apprehension of getting into it, especially after how Blizzard was treating its, uh, its players. But anyway, that said, the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is an MMORPG, uh, and the big twist to uh, this MMORPG to the ones that I've seen in the past is that this has a primarily single-player element to it to where it's focused around your story primarily. The story is a very big part of the game. Bioware has said this repeatedly, that your story is what they want you to focus on in the game, but it also has the MMORPG element. Yeah, so basically, yeah, that's what they said. There, the, the main, your story, or your character that you're going to play is their primary focus in the game. Obviously, there's the MMORPG element with the other players that you're going to be grouping and interacting with, and so on and so forth. But that's pretty much the basic uh, premise of the game. Now, the story is is it picks up from the nicely old Republic series, which I'm a big fan of. Basically, Knights of the Old Republic one and two, which uh, I'm not going to get too much into the story. I don't know if you, whoever's if you played that, it's a good series. If you haven't, I suggest playing it. But it takes about place of around 300 years, I believe, after that series with Darth Revan and so on and so forth. Uh, the basic premise is the Sith have returned again, you know, for the umpteenth time, and uh, they're basically they came back to take Korriban, which is one of the uh, as a planet in the Star Wars universe. They're setting up their base there and re- reestablishing their empire. And the basically the Republic is under attack, and they're trying to sit, <coughs> the Republic is trying to defend itself, and the uh, Sith are trying to basically force the Republic out of uh, out of the way to establish their dominance in the in the universe. Okay, that sounds pretty typical for Star Wars. And yeah, Star yeah, Wars. it's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much Star Wars over and over. Okay. Yeah. How is this about your character? Uh, well, basically, that that kind of depends on well two things. One that first that depends on what faction you're going to play as because there's two factions in the game. There's the Obviously, there's the Republic, which we all know what the Republic is. If you if you watch Star Wars before, you don't need to explain. And there's the Empire, which is basically not the Empire you see in the movies, but it's somewhat based on that premise. You know, there's no Death Star, there's none of that. There's no Emperor Palpatine or Darth Vader. You know, it's basically run by a different set of Sith that have the same idea in mind. They want to take over everything, but they are not the same. They're not the same people that you see in the movies, so to speak. So you're just so, a random soldier, or are you a civilian? Kind of like that. Well, there's that. The, I should explain this better. And there's also the fact, too, that depending on what side you play, that's going to be the, the big part of the story on one hand. They also, it's also going to depend on what class you play, and there's eight classes in the game. There is the there's a Jedi Knight. There's the Jedi Consular. There is the Trooper, uh, which that's typical there. We think we all know what that one is. There's a Smuggler, then uh, for the Republic side. 
and then the <coughs> the Sith side, you have the you have the the Sith warrior, you have the Sith Inquisitor, which that's like Emperor Palpatine, kind of like the Force Lightning on stuff. You have the Imperial agent, and you have the bounty hunter, aka Boba Fett, Jango Fett, Bosk, you, you, you name it. So it kind of depends on who you, what side you play as, and what character you play, because Bioware said many times that each class has a very different story from everyone else. If you play a Jedi Knight, you know you're not going. It's not going to be the same as a bounty hunter. You know, like in like in World of Warcraft, for example, or, or another MMORPG. You know, if you play like let's say you play a mage, that's what I played. You play a mage, and, you know, you, you there originally there used to be class specific quests that you know like only a certain class could play, but from the majority of the game, you know, everyone did the same quests. Right. Yeah, yeah, or like oh go go get this tome from all the way out in Desolus or something like that. Whereas in the older public. Now, each class is going to be quite is going to be very different from each other. So if you play a Jedi Knight, you're not going to have the same experience as saying a, a Sith warrior, a Sith warrior, or a bounty hunter. You know, it's going to be entirely different. You're going to get different companions, which I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, you're going to experience a different story, and so on and so forth. So that it like I said, it depends very very much on who you're going to play, uh, your story. And the thing is, I can't really comment too much on what the stories are going to be because Bioware has specifically said, and the people let know. Like the beta testers, you know, they're obviously under oath. They can't, they can't legally talk about it yet because you know they could be open up to litigation and stuff like that. So it's what hard to say. What about endgame content? I mean, what level are you going to cap at? From what Bioware has said and what from what I've seen, they said that they the cap seems to be level fifty. That's going to be the cap. Okay. And in terms of endgame content, uh, from what I've seen, they're they're going to be there's going to be two things. There's going to be flashpoints, which is going to be based like an instance. The WoW version of an instance. I see. For the uh, for the the raid kind of side, uh, Bioware hasn't said too much about this, but from what, I, from what I've seen, they're going to be called operations, and they're going to have a varying amount of people that you can bring in. I think they said there's going to be up to eight to fourteen, I believe. I, I like I said, I'll have to check that again. And they said there's going to be more than that, depending on the difficulty and the type of the instance, or excuse me, uh, operation. So. Like I said, I, that that's going to be the end game from what they're saying. But the thing is, they said they're one thing they're going to do is they're going to do something a lot di- different from any other MMO that's been out in the market. But of course, they're not talking about what they're going to do because if they talked about it, then everybody else would be trying to copy what they're going to do. So right. It's, well, how it's do hard. you end up using uh, the people that are around you that are you know obviously the multiplayer aspect? If you're just kind of doing your own individual questing. To level, I mean, do you need groups to accomplish these quests, or how do the other people end up interacting with you? Well, from what Bioware said, Bioware said that you can do this a couple ways. It said you can be, you can go from the starting, you know, from from the moment you create your character, you can go from level one to fifty solo. They said you can do that. It's, mm-hmm. it's entirely in the game. They said it's, they said it's not the most optimal way to do it, but you can do it by yourself with your companions. For many class you play, this you can go from you can you can solo play from one to fifty. No, don't have to do a group quest. You can just focus on your story, and then once your story is completed, you go you go on into the other uh, big storylines regarding the what's going on in the galaxy and so on and so forth. And and the other way and the other side of the coin, if you want to you know do group quests or do hybrid of both, you know do some solo, do some group, you can do that. You can group it with other players and their companions because every 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 uh, Character in the game is going to have their own set of companions with them, so you can you can group with your companions and uh, other players and their companions as well, and do que- uh, you know quests, uh, you know flashpoints, uh, the operations once you get that far, and so on and so forth, and travel all the planets and stuff like that. My understanding of Bioware is that a lot of these, um, the way you react to certain NPCs will change your path in the game and possibly future content for you based on. Uh, you know, your reactions to kind of the end of each quest. If you're paired with another person and their companions and you're doing, you know, questing together or you're doing a group, will you individually have an option to choose how you want that encounter to end? Or are you going to, as a group, have to come up with a consensus that you and the other person are both going to have to pick one option? You know, I'm kind of wondering how that's going to work. Okay, well, with this, what Bioware has said, what they're going to do is it's going to depend on what you're doing. Like if you're doing your own personal storyline, so let's say, so let's say, uh, Genesis, so let's say you're a bounty hunter, okay? Let's say you have to go kill this guy, 
And the thing is, only you're, now let's say you have dialogue with this NPC that you're going to have to kill or something like that, or you're doing something and you're having dialogue. Mm -hmm. Now what's going to happen is with this, specifically, only your choice is going to matter. You could be grouped with, let's say you could be grouped with me and I'm a, let's say I'm a Sith Inquisitor. Okay. We're grouped together, we're going to do this quest. Now the thing is, in this case, only your choice is going to matter. It's not going to be me because I can't influence your choice. Because seeing how it's, it's your personal storyline, I can't influence it. Now, if we're doing like a group quest, that's going to be a little different. From what Bioware said, I'm going to go, like I said, it, it, they haven't said entirely or for sure, but they said what they're going to do is that, like, if you're doing group quests, how that's going to work is going to either depend on the majority. So let's say everyone can pick their own little uh, choice to, to pick. So, so let's say we want to kill this guy, we want to save him, or we want to do nothing. And depending on what everyone picks in the group, that will influence uh, the outcome. So if everybody wants to say, oh, let's kill this, let's kill this guy, then that will be the end part, or that will be the outcome of it. So the majority is going to take over minority, in this case, of the choices. Hmm. And also, another thing, too, they talked about where that maybe a, a role, like a dice roll, would influence the outcome of a, a certain account, like dialogue talking, and stuff like that. So you will have so to be in, somewhat cautious in who you group yes. with, so that you, you know, if you're trying to stay aligned good or, you know, however you want to call the force you you have to be careful that you're not aligned you know you don't have three or four yeah. like you're saying <laughs> sith inquisitors in your group and then just yourself because you pretty much know how that encounter is going to end yeah because obviously like you don't want a group of someone that's going to be a, a dick and automatically get you dark side points even though like you let's say like like, like say if you're trying to be like a light side bounty hunter yes you can do that it's it does seem a little oxymoron to be on the the, the bad guys, so to speak, but you're trying to be good, but you can do that, you know, but let's say you're trying to be a light side bounty hunter, or or in the gray area, if you want to be, no, no pun intended to the podcast, <laughs> but if you want to be in the gray area of the alignment, uh, and, and you're trying to stay in that area, and then you group of, a group of people would say, oh, let's kill this guy, we want to be, we want to be bad or whatever it is, obviously that's going to be, you're not going to want to be grouping with too many people like that, because then you're going to have to spend more time getting the alignment back to where you want to be before you lost those points because of uh, their choice. So. I see. So things will kind of naturally factionize. And, and the other, the other question you said about the with a lot of alliance, if you want to call them alliance, light forced people versus dark forced people, just by default, because that's kind of where your where yeah. your alignment is. Yeah. Well, let, let, let me explain a little more on that. The thing is, like I said earlier, like with this game, one thing you can do, like I said, it does seem a little off, like a light side Sith or a dark Jedi. But the thing is, you can do this. Now, let's say if you're on the Alliance side, excuse me, the Republic side, sorry, I, I'm getting my lore confused here. <laughs> if you're on the Republic side, you know, you could be a Dark Jedi. Yes, you can. You, you can do that. Or if you want to be in the gray area, like I said, no pun intended, the podcast again, but if you want to be like in the middle, you don't want to be light or dark, you can, you can do that. And Bioware said they will reward people for if they want to take the middle path. You can do that, and you can do that with any other character. You don't have to be a force user specifically. You could be like a gray bounty hunter. You could be a dark side bounty hunter. You could be a light side. You know it, that doesn't affect your your alignment. Like it doesn't affect your force power, so to speak, if you're not like a force user. But that will affect how you react and how you look. Because Bioware has said, like with the Knights of the Republic, they did this. Like depending on what your standing was in force alignment, your character will change. Like it, like your character. Mean? Yeah, yeah. Like your character, like it. I feel the public like if you swung from the light side to the dark side because initially, like when you start the game, you start like like in a neutral line, but you're not really either or. But like if you swing to the dark side of the force, you know your character will turn gray. You know you'll have like your eyes will turn uh, kind of like yellowish. You know it depends on. But like if you went to the other side, you know your character will have like natural colored skin stuff like that. And Bioware has said they're planning to do this. Uh, in the game now, okay. I, now if they're going to do it at launch, that's another story. But they they said they will put it in either at launch or after launch. One so it's two. very fable esque in that your choices yes. are going to be obvious to the people around you. Yeah, you have the choice. And the other thing you asked too about the NPC, your companions. Yes, depending on what you say, you know, you can influence their thinking, and they will influence yours by giving you advice and so on and so forth. Also, so you know, if you're if you want to be evil to them. You know, or whatever, saying you call them, oh, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you know, get out of my sight, you little maggot, or whatever it is. That will reflect on them, and that will reflect their alignment as well. Or you could be, you could swing the other way around, say, oh, I love you, and you know, shower them with affection and be nice to them. That will also affect it. So your choices will have long-term consequences uh, with your with your companions, and also with the long-term storyline, depending on what you decide to do. So, 
Well, Bioware is really known for their relationship aspect in uh, their gaming. And in most of the, you know, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, all the rest of that, you have companions that you can either take with you or leave. And if you take them with you, you have options to try to get them to the point where they are uh, looking at you positively. And if they look at you positively enough, Mm -hmm. they give you sort of an extra bonus. Each one of them kind of contributes some sort of a power to you, if you want to say that. Um, Yeah. And also, there's usually one that you can choose to enter into a relationship with uh, romantically. Are they going to have yep. that kind of option with your companions that if you are, you know, super nice to them and impress them, however that works, that you're going to get some sort of a bonus from them when you fight or have the options to enter into romantic relationships with them? Okay, well, in terms of bonuses, uh, I really can't say. Um, I'm like, I, I, I haven't seen it. I mean, maybe they could have said it in some obscure video that I haven't had a chance to look at yet. But they have said, and I have seen footage of it, uh, actually, it is confirmed as a Comic-Con, and they may have said this before too, that you can't, you won't be able to have options to basically get in a relationship with your companions or a romantic relationship. They have confirmed that you will be able to do this if you swing that way to shower them with enough affection and get close that that will be an option in, in the long in the long uh, run of things so interesting okay this sounds like a coordination nightmare in some ways uh, if everybody is kind of running around with their entourage and their entourages feel different ways about them and perhaps in the long-term story you know your companions will end up being some sort of influential people in the world that you end up interacting with and everybody else's companions are also doing the same. This is really kind of kind of be neat to see how the game works with all these different things happening. Yeah, it's one of those things that kind of it it's going to be kind of weird to seeing every companion is going to look you know, it's like they all have the same names and they're walking around <laughs> but you know it but I think in the long run it'll work itself out because uh, Bioware said that you will be able to customize their look of the companions and stuff like that. Ah. Obviously, you won't be able to change the names, but they will give the ability to to like customize their look. At least I, I recall correctly. I could be wrong on this, but I think they have said you will be able to do that, and and you will be able to like equip their their gear and their equipment and stuff like that. And so you'll be have quite a bit of a pull with how they look and how they react and and such. They'll be quite customizable, and they said too that you will be able to customize their AI so you, you'll be able to kind of uh, you know, like in terms of combat like how they act how they react and stuff I see uh, like you know like say if one of your so if one of your guys is uh, like a blaster uh, like a kind of a smuggler so to speak or something like that you know you can cut I believe uh, it's hard to say at this point but I believe you'll be like say okay take cover over there more often get behind cover so you're not shot at as often you know try to minimize the damage you take stuff like that yeah, so. that's something Bioware is really known for as well. You have your companions and being able to kind of pause combat and have your companions have different direct orders. You know, you can say to yeah, the range put stuff person, in the queue. Right. So I wonder if you'll have those sort of options with your companions. You can say, you know, healing is your main your main thing, priest, and I want to make sure that you always, you know, heal the person with the lowest health first and then attack or we'll kind of, uh, I forget what that's called actually, but I wonder if you have those options with them. We'll have to see. Well, from what I've seen, um, me personally, it looks like you. They, they said that you will be able to queue up, uh, like in, in a row of. So I think it's like up to five, three or five orders. You know, say do this, do that, in s- sequential succession. You know, once you do this, do that, and stuff like that. So that's kind of similar to it, the way I'm seeing. It looks, it, it, in some ways, it looks very similar to how Knights of the Old Republic handled it. Okay. So, which and probably these other games do the same thing too that you're talking about, the one you said a little bit ago. So. Okay. Well, that that makes me a little more. Um inclined to play actually because you know i I do like the story-based game so that's a little more story-based what do the graphics look like because i've seen the original uh game you know beta and there were a lot of complaints about you know the look of it and then you know more recently there have been some players that have had a chance to play and it, it looked like it was much improved since that time have you seen screenshots and what do you think about the overall look of the game well from what i've seen it looks pretty decent Uh, i mean uh like they they said that one thing they're trying to do, like to do, like you know, World, of, uh, excuse me, Blizzard has done this, like with World of Warcraft. They try to do like a more art perspective, you know, like they try to make things look good through art, not necessarily, you know, so that, that way, in case like if you have a computer that's like a couple of years old and you're not going to upgrade or you don't have the money to upgrade, it, then that will give you the chance to play the game, not not say not as well, say a new system like a an eight core 
uh, Intel, whatever, and whatever they're naming them now, you know, that that's not going to play as well as that. But they said that, you know, they're trying to have it scalable to where a computer a couple of years ago, let's say three or four years ago, should be able to play decently, but not as well as, you know, something that just came out today. But you should have the same experience, or somewhere roughly in the same experience. And now, in terms of the graphics, uh, from what I've seen, it looks pretty decent. I mean, like they talked about, like they're going to have uh, physics, like uh, the 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 physics hardware uh, or software support for like robes and stuff. So like robes will be able to like Jedi robes and Sith robes will act, you know, realistically, like when they walk around, like they're going to have realistic smoke, realistic smoke effects, realistic lighting, uh, stuff like that. So look from the screenshots I've seen, it looks pretty, pretty damn good. You know, this is personal opinion. I mean, not everyone's going to share the same opinion as I'm going to, but I like it. So, okay. I'm pretty stoked about the book of the game. Grinding was pretty important in uh, World of Warcraft to kind of get your level up there, but also professions were really key to to kind of get your gear taken care of and to make some money. Is it going to be a similar game in that way where, you know, you have an auction house and different professions per per character? How's that going to work? Okay, in this regard, uh, from what Bioware said, it's going to be similar. The crafting system is going to be similar to WoW. They say it's it's not going to be on, on the level of Star Wars Galaxies. Uh, I, I never played Star Wars Galaxies, but people said that was probably one of the best crafting systems in a game ever. You know, it was really comprehensive. But they said they're going to try to get something like that, but not to the level of Star Wars Galaxies. Uh, but in terms of like crafting and gathering stuff, the, the twist here um, is going to be that you you can you can do either you can do this two ways. One, you can have your companions do it for you. I mean, literally, you can't order your companions to go cra- go gather stuff or craft stuff for you oh, awesome. in the world. That makes me or happy. you can do it, or you can do it yourself. And the thing is, they can do this while you're offline. Okay. So, so you can just order them, say, "Hey, go get me, go get me twenty of this, please," or something like that. And they'll go do this when you're at work or whatever, or you have to go drive to the grocery store. They'll go do that for you. And uh, now, or you could do this yourself if you want to. If you want to have the self satisfaction of Saying, oh, I do everything myself. I don't order my my companions to. I do it myself. You can do either or. Now, in terms of like the other stuff, like yeah, there's going to be an auction house, although they don't call it an auction house. I believe they call it like a a exchange or, or a bank or something like that. I, I believe is the term that they use. But it's going to be very similar. They've talked about there's going to be several different kinds of uh, of crafting. Um, Okay. Uh, well, the gathering is going to be there's going to be gathering is going to be crafting is going to be mission skills. There's basically three different subtypes, and there's bioanalysis, there's scavenging, there's slicing, there's ar- archaeology. That's under gathering, and crafting is going to be armor tech, which is going to be like making your know, like, like body armor or stuff like that and shields. And okay. then it's going to be arms tech, which is going to be making like blasters. Weapons, that's pretty straightforward. Cyber tech, which is going to be Reverse, reverse engineering other stuff to make yeah reverse engineering stuff to make technology and there's a little bit more into that but if you want to find it I'll just let you go ahead and go read it uh, and there's many skills which are going to be uh, diplomacy which if you want to uh, craft uh, manage negotiations stuff like that there's treasure hunting if you want to order your NPCs to go basically find stuff from the world for you and there's a couple other ones too that Bioware hasn't really uh, gone into really in much detail. So, but there's quite a bit of stuff you can do. Uh, that's going to be the different type of professions you can take. At Bioware has said you can have a couple on each character, and and the thing is with that, the your companions are going to be based off what you have. So the skills. So the thing is, if you're maxed out one skill, your companions are going to are going to be based off of that. Uh. You can't like give your, your you can't give your companions different skills that you don't <laughs> have. It's going to be based off off the the player character. So. Okay, that makes sense. What about PvP? Uh, PvP, how they said what they're, how they're going to do with this is going to be there's going to be several types. It's going to be world PvP, which we all know how there's like World of Warcraft, like you're out doing your quest and somebody can come. Yeah, you know, if you're flagged, I mean, depending, this is going to depend on if you're on a PVE server, which they said there's going to be PVE server is going to be a R- PvP server is going to be RP, what they said too, and depending on what you do, if you if you're flagged. And obviously, if you're, in a, if you're on a PvP server, you're going to be flagged pretty much all the time, and you're out questing somewhere. You know, you could be attacked okay. if, out in the world. So that's going to be one type of PvP, open world PvP. Uh, now, th- and the other thing they're going to talk about doing is calling uh, war zones. I'm sorry, war zones. Yeah, 
and now with war zones, they said what, how that's going to be is it's going to vary um, from world to world. Every, every there's going to be some worlds that are just going to be dedicated just to that. Other worlds going to have war zones on it, you know. And basically, the war zone is going to differ on what's going on. You know, some are going to be uh, ha have certain different have certain kinds of objectives. They they haven't said specifically all the different types of war zones. It's going to be some they're going to be have do this, do that, something stuff like that. It's going to be kind of like like battlegrounds, battlegrounds. yeah, it, yeah, battlegrounds in a certain extent. Like you have an overriding goal, like in this case, Altrak Valley in World of Warcraft. Oh, let's go kill Drek'thar. You know, he he's the overriding goal, and you have several sub objectives: go capture the tower, stuff like that. Bioware said they're going to. That's going to be something like what War Zone is going to be like. Although they said there, it's not going to be. I capture the flag. This is that's too gamey, or like uh, s some of the stuff that you know, some of the basic stuff that everyone does. I capture the flag. Uh, go do this. Go do that. They said they're not going to do that. They're going to have more uh, overriding objectives that can affect the law, the, how battle is going to be fought. So it's okay. That's more or less how it's going to going to be. I read something about so. large space battles. Uh, do you know anything about that? Okay, with that, uh, what Bioware said that they're they're not gonna they're not gonna have any space PvP at launch. That okay. is, that, that's not gonna be in game. Uh, now, in terms of space battles, how it's gonna be handled? It's gonna be kind of like an on rail shooter, like Star Fox, Star Fox sixty four, those kind of games. Like you, you basically fly upon a predetermined path. Uh, like you, you can control what you shoot at, where the where the craft flies. You know, you have like an X Y Z. Uh, X and Y axis where you can kind of control where the, the craft flies in the screen, but you can't really control the overriding, you know, where you're going to long right. That's already predetermined for you. Uh, so basically the space mounds are going to be kind of like that, where like you can walk into a system and there's a battle going on, you have to you're going to be part of the battle and you have to fly around and shoot the enemy down and stuff like that. That's how going to be battle is going to be. It's not going to be like a TIE fighter and X-Wing. Ah. You know, old school, like you... Like you literally had to, like you, you flew your own ship and you had to fight the enemy uh, and do dogfights and stuff like that, or fight big capital ships. Which those are going to be in the game. They're just not going to be to the level of that control. Now, my friend told me that they've talked about maybe down the line they will, they might do a kind of like how they did in Star Wars Galaxies or you know X-wing Tie Fighter, kind of like where you can get in your own ship, you can fly anywhere you want in the universe, go explore and stuff like that. But on the other hand, I've seen a quote where they said they, they, they weren't setting out to make a open adventure space game. Okay. So it's hard to say they future personally, I think we're, might have yeah, other planets I, or something like that. But yeah, I was I think probably that it's not it's not an overriding goal right now. But I think eventually they probably will because it's Star Wars. I mean, it, to me, it's kind of silly to not have space battles and you know it, or be right. part of like the Return of the Jedi, you know, the Battle of Endor, you know, the epic stuff. So okay. That's pretty comprehensive. Thank you for sharing that with us, Josh. And uh, hopefully in the future, as new information unfolds, we'll be back to tell us some more. Let's introduce Tinzian, the dungeon master of the podcast Death D4 Dishonor, to talk to us about the Firelands expansion in World of Warcraft. Um, I've started playing this for, I don't know, a few weeks now, and have kind of gotten to the point where I've passed through the Flame Gate and I'm just doing dailies for faction. For that, you're not actually trying to gain any faction, you're just trying to gain marks of the World Tree which you will use to unlock uh, additional vendors and quest elements within the Firelands quest area, which moves you towards the overall um, completion. I see. Uh, so once I, I attain my 100 marks, I believe it is, of the World Tree, then I get to the 14 quests that I'm allowed to do. I think it's 150, and then afterwards there's three other unlocks, and those are each a... Uh, 125 marks of the world tree so there's there's some distance going on ahead but uh as you unlock 
additional quest areas, you get more. So it takes about a month, if you were to do everything daily, to get through the entire um, quest package. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the story behind the Firelands, and then we can kind of go into some of the, the details. It looks like this was introduced in patch 4.2, if I recall, and you're trying to battle the Druids of the Flame and take them down so you can attack them and their leader, who is Ragnaros, and get to the dungeon at the end in Sulfurian Keep. The quest series for Mount Hygel, uh, when you first start up the Cataclysm expansion, you can either go there or Bastyr, which is the undersea area. If you do the Hydro quest series, you um, are trying to save the World Tree from pretty much oblivion at the hands of elemental forces um, within um, that quest zone. So after finishing a point, the with 4.2, you're able to access where the druids get fed up to the point where they're able to start fighting back. And Ragnaros has created uh, flame portals within Hyjal, and he's using these to attack Hyjal. The druids realize that if they can get to the other side of these portals and maybe bring in some uh, heroes who have already largely saved or at least stabilized somewhat the position of the world tree in Hydral, then maybe they can do something against Ragnaros. So you start a quest series, you get a certain number of tokens, marks of the world tree, and then you're able to go fight the guardian at the opening of the flame portal. And then you get sent inside and Pretty much Malfurion Stormrage, who's pretty much the biggest, uh, baddest druid out there, um, is standing on a rock pile in a little cave, and he plants a seed for a new world tree within this fiery inferno. As you go through the various quests um, for the introductory area, these are basically going to be the same every day with the exception of one quest vendor who gives a, uh, a random quest. You can then start unlocking either vendors or factions. Um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. You have to first unlock two, two factions. Druids of the uh, Talon, and then there's the Shadow Druids, who you have to unlock as well. Both bring additional daily quests that help increase your count of marks of the world tree every day and open up new areas. Then as you open up unlock vendors, for instance the other day I unlocked a vendor that brought the tree guardians into um, the firelands and I've now got a couple of series of quests that I can do above and beyond my druid of the flame, sorry uh, Druids of the Talon or Shadow Druid uh, quests. The fun part is that with every unlock that you do, that foothold that the Druids from Hyjal have in their uh, footland in the Firelands area increases. It changes. Uh, there's a lot of phasing. So you leave, go recruit one faction, you come back. And the tree has gotten much larger, and there's some grass in the ground, or there's some uh, plants. And as you do this more and more, things change. So I'm really curious to see at the end if the entire sort of starting area, um, the foothold area, is fully green, because you're going to have a populated uh, full moon well and some other stuff, exactly how much of the area goes green. Well, I think Rag the, the point of it... Is it, is it not that Ragnaros wants to destroy the world tree in Nordrasil, so you're trying to kind of save that, and the Firelands have always existed as this prison for Ragnaros, but because of the Cataclysm, he can now reach through it and try to get into into Hyjal area. So I don't remember hearing about the Firelands before this point, but I'm not a real lore master, uh, not, not title-wise, but reading on well, that for, sort of thing. For uh, those of us that fought Ragnaros in the Molten Core, we basically fought a splinter image, uh, an essence of him, and he was just kind of like a quote-unquote ghost of his former self. 
Well, he's done that three times or so. I mean, he's always coming back. <laughs> mm. Isn't this the third incarnation of Ragnaros? Well, there was the one that was during the Hydral Quest series that was another figment, uh, fragment, I should say, and then this one that is in the Keep of Sephirion, um, he's the final end boss, mm -hmm. is uh, Ragnaros. So people can either go in, do their quests, or some people have been going in and doing trash runs just for faction. Um, it used to be in the first opening days of the patch, there were a lot of epics and stuff dropping off the track. Blizzard nerfed that. So what can we hope to gain from this, uh, other than the 14 quests, which are something to entertain you while you continue to play at 85, and the possibility of a Firelands dungeon at the end? Is there anything, you know, excellently epic in this area that's worth... For uh, rogues, there's nothing really all that epic. I got a pair of gloves so far, a pretty nice ring, and there's a trinket that's a higher item level than what I have now, but... It doesn't really do anything for me in terms of uh, damage or DPS increase. So it's a lot of trade skill patterns that you can get. Um, if you're another class, there's some nice items. But at the end of the entire quest series, uh, that you get a flaming hippogriff mount for free. And that looks pretty sweet. So I'm kind of doing that since I'm trying to go for the 100 mount uh, achievement and I only need about two or three more mounts <laughs> yes that that one would be a nice touch to my uh, collection so i'm kind of going there right now the guild we're part of doesn't do a lot of ratings so we're not at the point where we're going to be able to go into the keep of sophirian and uh execute anything in there for a little while but for lore buffs and story wise this is kind of pretty epic this is uh for all intents and purposes, us marching into Mordor. Okay. Very good. So something to do just to kind of to kill time until the do another expansion, basically, or if you have a couple upgrades that you haven't really... If you haven't really gotten your uh, regular Cataclysm dungeons done or any of the upgrades there, you can try to, to use the vendors here to help your, your cause a little bit. But A little bit, but there's actually one really big benefit now that I think about it. I'm not a usually a big fan of uh, daily quests. I'll do some grinding now and then, but I tend to forget about them or you know, I just don't want to go running around. Mm -hmm. These are engaging enough that by the end of it, I've pretty much used up my daily quest limit for the day. And each quest gives a sizable amount of gold. It's giving me guild faction, um, especially since I'm wearing the illustrious uh, tabard that increases my yes. guild rep by 100%. Okay. I'm already, I basically gone from friendly, early friendly with my guild because I had to do a reset, um, to I'm now in revere just pretty much off these quests. So it, it's, it's helping me, um, at the same time I am doing some degree of grinding every single day. I don't know how many more wounded, uh, druids <laughs> I can go slap salve on out yeah. on the, uh, Battlefield, but the, it, it's nice. There's only maybe two or three types of things that are out there that will actually aggro on you. Otherwise, the generic mobs, you can pretty much just sit there if you need to heal up. And I think it's stuff. a so pretty quick nice. grind. I mean, it's only about a, a five to ten minute uh, process, you know, outside the fire gate and inside to do them. Uh, so it's not really that big a deal for dailies if that's all you're doing. Um, the the, the, the ones that are the advanced ones, those take a little bit of time. But yeah, they're all relatively quick. It's it's not too much of a, um, a hunt and peck, although um, I received my first hunt and peck um, quest today. And I had to pick up a druid's, a flame druid's, staff, region bag, spell book, and idol. And trying to find those while being chased around by fire elementals wasn't exactly my... Um, cup of tea until I realized that if I finished the current quest I was on they wouldn't respawn and I could just go back in so uh, for the most for the most part it's go in kill 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 snoop 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 click on this and uh, so forth but there's a meta achievement for a title at the end if you complete a whole bunch of achievements so I may go for that later on but right now I'm kind of working on my lore master very good well apparently you can get the uh Legacy of Liara, if you complete all of those quests in Hydra, which is an achievement if you're into collecting those. And uh, 
I believe there might be one or two more you can grab as well. So for those, there's, there's a there's a huge number of them. That's just uh, one part, but the that's that's one of the big ones that people shoot for because you have to in order to finish that you have to have all of the uh, vendors unlocked, including mm. well mostly the Moonwell one, but most people aren't going to do that until the end because all that lets you do is just eat food next to the uh, the Moonwell. So most people don't get that until they've done the final unlock. There, it, it looks like there's a five. It's five quests to get that legacy of Liara, and you get a smoke stain locket, which turns you into the Druid of the Flame for five minutes. So that's not too awful. Um, I, think, I think the overall meta is about fifteen to twenty um, achievements. Good. Okay, so a significant patch, not something that's really extremely necessary if you're already pretty decently geared, um, but some stuff to do while you're waiting for maybe a larger. Uh, event, I guess. It, it really kind of is something to suffer through your daily grinds and daily dungeons for to get that increased um, equipment off of either the conquest point vendor if you're doing PvP or to fill in spots or if you're getting uh, Valor points to get the new Valor gear, which is a higher item level, which might allow you entry into there. But for, for, mo- for the most part, it's... Um, Largely, the higher-end content is a guild is is mostly guild-oriented, whereas the daily stuff you're eventually going to um, not need to keep running. Can you run career. the keep of stuff you're in if you uh, if you don't have the proper faction unlocked? It's the faction that you're trying to get is the I believe it's the Avengers of Hygel or the Guardians. I think it's the Avengers of Hygel mm-hmm. is the faction. And that unlocks a waist and um, cape and something else uh, vendor based on faction level. And there's some really nice items on there. But yeah, you could you could walk in there day one without having touched anything if you get through the trash piles without being spotted. You know, there's not an unlock where you need to be exalted with these guys in order to get in. It's just a matter of can you get okay. in there and then can you do anything with it? I'm thinking of some of the Burning Crusade uh, Hellfire quests where you had to have a certain key or a certain faction to get into the actual dungeon. So that's good that they don't have that here. With, with 4.2, they don't do keys anymore. Yes. But they're not, they're not doing anything gated as far as uh, progression if you want to walk in there the first day. Okay. Excellent. Well, a thank you to Tinzian. You can listen to his podcast, Death D4 Dishonor, at deathd4dishonor.com, or find him on Twitter at Tinzian, T-I-N-Z-I-E-N. I'd like to say thank you to my sponsor, Mapbook. If you'd like to support the podcast, please click on their icon at genesee.com or join the Gray Area Podcast group on Mapbook. You can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, please email me your questions at geneseegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.